Mic check. Mic I'm here. You? Yeah, okay. <laughs> We're on the same page. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Dungeon Master's Apprentice. I'm your host, Mike Cook, and I'm here with Theo Geeson. Oh, uh, hello, everybody. I'm Theo Geeson. <laughs> no, I don't sound like that. Thanks for having me on the podcast. <laughs> uh, I'm Mike Cook. <laughs> the worst part is I do sound like that. <laughs> um, yeah, Mike's become our sort of uh, resident co-host lately. You call me Guillermo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, just because you're usually the most willing person to come on. Yeah, I, I don't do too much. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm usually just hanging out. Yeah, I told you to come over after work. Um, it's a Saturday, which is my Friday. Mine as well. Nice, so we're heading into the weekend. The Monday voice, as <laughs> we've been calling it. <laughs> Last Monday, we had a really goofy day. Yeah, we did. Just hanging out. Yeah, I guess it wasn't Goofy. <laughs> it was maybe more boring than Goofy. Yeah, we just hung out all day. Didn't do anything. I played a bunch of Fire Emblem. Mm-hmm. I watched a bunch of Fire Emblem. Yeah. Sunday night, though. Last Sunday, Sunday night, we had a little paint night. We did a, have a paint had night. Had a few drinks. Yeah. Did some art. Yeah. It was uh, quite an event. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was fun. That was quite the experience. I did. I did like. I always like a little painting here and there. We we started at like eleven p.m., which I don't know if that was the move. No, because I didn't finish my painting until like two. Because I keep I kept having. I think it was like four, dude. (laughs) (laughs) I think it was four because as soon as you put down your paintbrush, I was like, I'm going to bed. (laughs) And then. Yeah, the next day we just took it easy. Yeah, as you need to when you stay up till 4 a.m. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Went into New Minus, did a few chores. Yeah, it was overall like a a productive day for doing <laughs> nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Lexi's been gone since Sunday, and I'm picking her up from the airport tomorrow. But it's been a guy's week. <laughs> mostly just me but yeah i've been here a bit though yeah we did trivia on wednesday but that's not a surprise no that's a classic yeah it's a ritual tonight we've got movie night which i don't even know if we've ever talked about no i don't think we have but we do a movie night every single saturday night since like december maybe. yeah yeah we've uh we've watched quite a few movies this is the end of our third season of movie night yeah so i get the concept is that everyone puts a movie in the hat and every week we pick one out and then we watch that movie that someone wants to watch and then the next week another one gets pulled and when they're all out then we all put in new movies and yeah there's one intermediary movie that we kind of settle on as a group to like just reset before yeah, to give some time for people who wait till the last minute to come up with something to put in the hat. Yeah, I was thinking maybe even tonight before we leave, we put our next movie in the hat. It's not a bad idea. Is Riley actually not coming? He's in Nashville. I thought that was a bit. No, he flew out this morning. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, he's down there for like five, six days doing a like a business conference. Huh. 
Good for him. Yeah, when you're in the business world, you have to go network. Network in Nashville. <laughs> There's a song about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's cool, though. Um, but yeah, we got movie night tonight, and then we've got D&D the next morning. Both at your place, so I'm just going to stay the night. Yeah, that's the play. My house is 15 minutes away from Wolfell, so like 15 minutes away from everybody else. So it's worth it to just stay. Yeah. Especially when movie night ends at like midnight at least. <sighs> midnight at the earliest, honestly. Oh, that's what I meant to say, yeah. You um, said at least, which I guess is the same thing. Yeah, I thought I said at the latest, but oh, maybe, well, maybe I don't know. Did. Oh. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then we've got D&D at 10.30, so it's just really not worth it to... No leave they got some waffles some toaster waffles for us nice we're doing Um, a one shot tomorrow yeah we are doing a one shot because we have just one person away two people i think just i think it's just one i think it'll be five of us there tomorrow yeah which i mean we could run one of your sessions but i don't like to do that i hate when somebody misses out on something yeah i get that I have groups where we have to do it or we'll never play. Mm-hmm. Um, That's but. one thing we're really fortunate with is we can do a one-shot. Oh, we'll do a one-shot this week because someone's not here. And we know that next week everybody yeah. will be here and we'll be back to business as usual. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we've got a level 10 one-shot run by Kevin. Um, and Kevin, I haven't had him run a whole lot of sessions for me, but... Um, they're always interesting. You know, you get to see a different perspective, especially as someone who's played the game for like over ten years. I mm-hmm. think Kevin Kevin is the only one in our current group that like grew up playing D anD. d Kevin's yeah. been playing D anD. d since he was a kid. Yeah, so maybe even longer than ten years. I because uh, I've known Kevin for almost ten years, and he was yeah. playing D anD. d before I met him. Yeah, so when you've been around it that long, you definitely pick up a few tricks. Mm-hmm. When you start playing in like 3.5e, and now yeah. it's 5e, and you've had to kind of come that whole way, and you've grown up seeing different people DM, like, he's he's someone who's just got like a bunch of experience that the rest of us don't really have. Yeah, which is nice. Um, and he's never run a full-length campaign, for me at least. Mm-hmm. We did one with him before you joined the group. Yeah, so that'll be interesting. Um it's basically marshals only. I think Ranger was one of the options that he let us pick, so you could have a few spells, but I think it's very low magic. Yeah, fighter, barbarian, monk, rogue, and ranger. Yeah, which there are subclasses of a couple of those where you can get some spells. The like Arcane Trickster. Yeah, or Eldritch Knight or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, but yeah, I think it'll be pretty interesting. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I know his, uh, his setting is like... Uh like imperial japan-esque yeah like that was the vibes that i picked up from kind of is what i'm picking up so, so uh, it should be interesting i'm always you know always excited when i get to play yeah D i love dming but it's always fun to get to pick up a character sheet and roll some dice and yeah do some role playing like well it's it's one thing to be the resident DM and then get to play in a one shot, but then it's another when you get treated to being a character for an extended period of time. Mm-hmm. Which is why I'm really looking forward to having you run a campaign for me. Yeah. Because ever since I joined 
your guys' group back in August, I've only played except for a few one-shots. So mm-hmm. that's been a really nice break. And then in my main group, I've also been a player since... Jeez, I want to... S- well, like, the group I've been playing with the longest. <laughs> <laughs> we play less frequently, so I don't even know if it's my main group. But like, um, Your day ones. Th- yeah, my day ones. Um, but I... I've been a player in in that since like January, so quite a while, and we picked up that campaign again. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like we started in January. Mm-hmm. We've been playing since, so that is definitely my longest played character. And then I think that the character I'm playing in your campaign is getting pretty close to being my second longest played character. I'd say. I mean, we are pretty regular, and you've been playing for almost a year with us. So yeah, that's... we did take a cyberpunk break. Yeah, and you left, so we played Mutants and Masterminds for a while. Yeah, Keegan's uh, Keegan DM'd for a while, true. but he did I was do a stint. Yeah, but in all those scenarios, I was a player, not mm-hmm. a DM, so that's nice. But yeah, we're starting a new group as if like we needed to play more D anD D with you, me, Kevin, Kevin's girlfriend Sydney, and my girlfriend Lexi. Is I think what we've capped it to. Yeah, I mean, unless I get a girlfriend. Yeah, then, and then, then, the, then it's not really fair. In the next week, and you're like, "Hey, by the way, <laughs> I'm on Tinder, being like, hey, everyone else is uh, looking their girlfriend in D and D, looking for a plus one.' Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that uh, that would be a funny bio. Just looking for a plus one to my D and D group. <laughs> um. Must be kind of exciting for you though, to, after playing for so long, to be able to start thinking about putting a campaign together and what yeah. kind of story you want you want to try and tell and all like that's the stuff I love about DMing. Yeah, like in my other group, the quote unquote main group, I'm usually the DM in that too, and now we're sort of in our uh, break campaign where it, g- it just gives me a break. We concluded an arc in the other one and i wanted some time off and someone else wanted to dm for a bit but i always find that when someone else picks it up they don't want to just do it for like two months or six Mm -hmm. weeks or whatever they want to really get invested which is totally fine by me but like i haven't dm for them since maybe like like late november december sometime so it's been quite a while um and it's, you know, one thing to pick up that world again and get reinvested and I have something to build off of. Mm-hmm. I know what they're doing. But for this new one, there's we have a blank canvas. Yeah, which is always kind of exciting. Yeah, exciting but a little bit intimidating too, especially as the friend who has the D&D show where I talk about <laughs> DM and stuff. Like, yeah. I always feel that pressure a little bit because... It's like, you know, this is the dude who's been telling other people what they should be doing. And then when it finally comes my turn to demonstrate that, you know, but yeah, so far from what I've seen in one shots, I'm pretty confident in your abilities, but it is like, it's something I noticed, like it's pretty different than how I DM and it's very different than how Kevin and Andrew and Keegan all have DM'd for us. Yeah. Mine is coming at it with a more like english literature oriented Mm -hmm. brain where 
plot details are very like hinted towards and then things unfold um like for like with foreshadowing Mm -hmm. um with monologues or like overhearing dialogues between two npcs there's some actual literary devices (laughs) yeah thought put into them me i throw in foreshadowing because i'm like Oh well, they were talking about this a couple sessions ago. Like I should add some some payoff to that. Like <laughs> yeah, but and you don't really have the chance to do that in one shots, really. Mm-hmm. So I am looking forward to doing that. Plus, like Lexi is going to be playing in this campaign yeah, for I'm a while. Yeah, excited to play with Lexi and Sydney. Yeah, but it'll be the first chance for me to like get into a group where I'm DMing my girlfriend, which mm-hmm. you know from a lot of the content creators are here that happens like pretty frequently or like um i'll read forums and stuff like i'm in a D D group with me and my buddy and my girlfriend and stuff like that and so i'm like oh this will be like an interesting box to check off <laughs> <laughs> well you did have to get a girlfriend first to be able yeah to check the prompt, <laughs> yeah <so>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're halfway there <laughs> but no i think that i think that'll be a lot of fun um, and I get to start from scratch again, which is a little intimidating as well. Definitely. Um, and I know that Sydney and Lexi want it to be very silly. Like, they're not really trying to take it super seriously, which is a bit against my sort of style, mm-hmm. where I don't like it to be Looney Tunes all the time. <laughs> like... I I like a serious mission where the characters get to have some fun with role playing with each other in between but then when it comes down to when it comes down to it like you know you learn about a tragic NPC backstory or you walk into a town that's just been devastated and mm-hmm. and someone is like you know crushed underneath a boulder and they're giving you like their last words and stuff like I want to have that gravitas yeah that's the right word some weight to yeah the words yeah absolutely so i think that we can find that balance there i think you know you don't just start off with that i think it kind of becomes that unexpected like wow i wasn't really anticipating to feel feelings you, yeah <laughs> so i think i gotta bait them in a little bit with the the goofiness but then like when i'm doing my world building it kind of has to start from a place of whimsy Mm -hmm. and i think too part of that is like sydney and lexi played a one shot with us one time but they neither of them have ever played like a full campaign yeah which is totally different yes they don't know what to expect and and i feel like anytime lexi has watched us like we're a pretty goofy group of fellas yeah so like she probably just thinks that the goofiness is like is coming from the game oh when when really we're just having fun no matter what we're doing in the game yeah but then we do have moments every once in a while in your campaign where it'll be like two people up late doing watch and Mm -hmm. something comes up um there's a really good moment last session that we had between me and andrew's character where i shared some information with him that i hadn't shared with anyone else Mm -hmm. in the party and because we're tracking someone down um and i had a i was the only one who had a picture of him and actually knew what he looked like Mm -hmm. so i was like hey just so you know this is the dude we're actually looking for i feel like that would be useful information but then i also told him why i'm looking for him and told him that 
it con- con- conflicts with what the rest of the party wants. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, for me to get what I want, I have to take this person to a different person than you guys are. And those two people are working in opposition. Mm-hmm. So I was like, and we're both rogues, so we kind of, our deal the whole time has been like, we'll help each other for now, but when it comes down to it, like, we're going to have to figure this out. Like, I'm always number one. Yeah. Like, yeah, look out, yeah, look out for number one first. Mm -hmm. So, but that was like a good chat to have where it was like, we both laid our cards out on the table and we were like, we're getting close to finding him now. When this happens, like, we need to try to come up with something here. Yeah. And and it worked out well because the other three guys were having their own conversation in character. Yeah. So they didn't hear any of it. No, they really didn't. And it was just like, oh, that's like that's perfect for you two. Because now you both know this information. You've shared something. You've got closer. You've built the lore up. And the party members that don't know, don't know. Yeah. And aren't, you know, metagaming or aren't at risk of metagaming. Yeah. So that that was a very serious moment that happened while the other three were probably goofing off. Mm-hmm. And I was ecstatic. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I couldn't take my eyes off the two of you. And I remember one point Andrew looked at me and goes like, "Are you hearing this?" And I was like, "Oh yeah, yeah. I'm hearing it, and I'm loving it." But I think there's room for both. At, like clearly, room for both at mm-hmm. the table at the actual same time. Mm-hmm. And I think you know, in a full campaign, there should be. Yeah. It's hard to do a campaign where you have to feel somber the entire time. Right. right? Which isn't what I'm trying to no, create, obviously. Exactly. But it's, it's just, and I don't think it would be as fun to do a campaign where you are just 100% goofing off. Yeah. Because there's no weight to anything. Yeah, there's no stakes. Right? It's lo- Looney Tunes is, is a great example. Like, and I think a Looney Tunes one shot would be a blast. Right. But like, then when we're doing it week after week. Mm hmm. It would it would get I think just stale as a player, right? You want to have some character development and stuff, and if you're always just focusing on goofing around, it's hard to, you know, kind of get seriously in your character's head. Oh, hold on. And share that mindset. Movie clubs texting us. They're like uh, oh. on way their way to your house. Oh, that's wild. Um. <laughs> What should we say? This... I mean, they can just head over if they want. Yeah. I mean, I, I told uh, Jenna Lynn not to lock it, and I didn't lock it when I left this morning. So it should be unlocked for him, but... Don't... Should I say we might not be there for an hour? Like Probably won't be a full hour. We're already 20 minutes in. Yeah, but then after we're done, we'll probably sit and chill for a bit, and then, you know, 15-minute yeah, drive out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I'm trying to be realistic. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I have to make a quick stop. I was going to stop and get a card for Noah. Um, I didn't do that. I meant to do that right after work, and I got distracted by going on a side quest for Cider. Okay. Cider quest. Just like Brother Jared. <laughs> Is that like a side quest? Yeah. Cider <laughs> quest. <laughs> That's good. Um, okay, I said maybe an hour, so that gives us some wiggle room. Mike, where do you live? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we can't get into that. Um, yeah. Anyways, um, so they have this expectation where it's going to be, uh, silly first, mm-hmm. which I'm okay with. But I think that you know, 
as they play it, they'll you know become more open to some more sincere roleplay moments or combat where maybe a beloved NPC dies or gets captured and then it becomes about you know doing things that are actually matter rather than you know seeing who can make the funniest joke yeah and i think there are times where you do have to kind of compete to see who can make the funniest <laughs> joke. but that's not what that's not just what D is about no so yeah i think that'll be a lot of fun um and fun to i, I think it'll be fun to have a like a feminine perspective on things yeah i've, I've never played D D other than a one-shot idea like with a full Theo campaign but I've never played a full campaign of D&D with, uh, I said Theo and Lexi, I meant Sydney and Lexi. Yeah. Um, but yeah, with with anyone but like a group of guys. I can probably say the same. So I think I'm kind of excited just, just to swap that up. Yeah, I ran three sessions I think with my sisters mm-hmm. and that was a lot of fun. They definitely play the game a lot differently mm-hmm. where there's actually is looney tunes (laughs) they seem like big comedians yeah they are and like we all grew up together so our sense of humor has evolved into one yeah so i think that makes a bit of a difference um and i also was going into it like they were doing me a favor by wanting to play Mm mm-hmm And then they ended up enjoying it, and so we played a bit more. That's a win-win-win. Yeah, but I knew that they... I, I, like, did hook them with a little bit of, like, um, sincerity, Mm -hmm. but they just thought that was even more funny. (laughs) Like, when an NPC died, they just thought that was hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) Because it was sad. Yeah. But, and they're style of humor i guess is seeing the the humor in a dark situation mm. which kind of encapsulates our <laughs> family dynamic <laughs> i guess <laughs> but that was a lot of fun um so i i don't know if that will be the case going into this i think it'll just be something we figure out as we go mm-hmm. and i think that's that's the thing with running a campaign is you can prepare all you want for it but part of it is just going to be seeing how the, the cards fall, right? You said I don't think I can make it. Yeah, well, that's not the top of my priority list. I'm <laughs> recording a podcast. Yeah, right phone's now. away. <laughs> Come on, Theo, you're the host. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, I won't say it. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. But those are my thoughts going into the world building is what kind of tone mm-hmm. am I do i want to set um i think we're gonna do level two because level one is i think i've said level one is no fun yeah it's just too baby yeah level one is for babies (laughs) (laughs) but i'm kind of excited to do level two because i feel like a lot of the times you either do do a level one start or you do like a level three start level four start yeah something where everybody's got their subclass so level yeah, level two, you're... a couple of things get their subclasses like druid, yeah, um, cleric maybe, but most subclasses I think come at level three. Yeah, wizard might be level two. Yeah, I think yeah. you're right. Um, but yeah, I'm thinking it's gonna be. I like a high, magic setting or like, 
um, a high magic setting disguised as a low magic setting mm. where it's like, yeah, there's not a lot of magic. The highest casters can't really perform any great feats. And then the party quickly outclasses that. And that's how you become like the heroes is setting the bar low for everyone else. And then also and then it gets exceeded that. really quickly. And then that makes sense. Yeah. And then you have maybe the odd, you know, wizard or whatever that um serves as sort of a mentor or is the antagonist yeah yeah. um but the the first idea that i have right now and i don't know if i'm gonna run with it just because i think it might be too fantasy for a couple people who i don't know if fantasy is their uh the genre at the forefront of their Mm -hmm. experience um, but I basically ripped the concept off of a video game that I played for like an hour. I really liked the setting, but I hated the mechanics. It was like, I don't know, a lot of fighting games that have that Dark Souls mm. sort of combat, uh, Elden Ring, yeah, where it's a lot of dodging and parrying and stuff like yeah it's all about timing and repetition the, the witchers and like that memorization and... yeah pulling out like quick it was a lot like the witcher mm-hmm. what game was it greedfall i think is what it was called greedfall is that a switch game uh it was on playstation okay um but i got it for free mm-hmm. and i started to play it and it just wasn't my style of game but the setting um was pretty cool and i never even like got to the like i don't think i made it past like the quote-unquote like tutorial mm-hmm. but i already knew that i was kind of more or less wasting my time um and this was a couple years ago too so i might be messing up a few things but i think essentially it's like a late late medieval civilization where they're just starting to go through like a more modern revolution yeah um like coming out of the dark ages Mm -hmm. um is that the renaissance i believe so yeah um oh there's a better word but it's it's escaping me um but anyways it's like that kind of civilization where exploration is now starting to boom where we don't have to worry about what's at home we can start going out Mm -hmm. and not that like the greeks and the romans weren't exploring and but like during the dark ages it was like we don't have the resources to mm-hmm. be like traveling across the world mm-hmm. and don't have the resources to or the be, technology you know wasting yeah. gold on art yeah and stuff yeah so it was a very very quiet time in yeah in uh i don't know the word i'm looking history? for history no i'm looking for uh the word it's like kind of like invention oh revolution uh, no, it's uh, like to come up with an idea. Oh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's going to um, come to me in like another 20 minutes. Anyways, it's at like a boom in exploration and... Resurgence, maybe? Yeah, I, we're, it's right on the tip of both of our tongues. <laughs> like, we're talking about the same thing. Um, anyways, uh, it's like the beginning of like romanticism Mm -hmm. where like now we can start exploring the more human qualities Mm -hmm. we don't need to focus on survival Survival. yeah Yeah. so anyways i think there is the appearance 
of an island, maybe like a few hundred kilometers off of the shore. Or maybe it didn't even just appear. Maybe it's like now we can finally actually get there. Mm -hmm. But this is the the main setting is like very low magic. And they're like, but this island over here is like we don't really know what's over there. We know that there's a lot of magic that's emanating from there. And it's something that now we're capable of exploring. And maybe even some of that is seeping into the mainland and, and stuff is popping up. Like mm -hmm. the way we'd explain if you guys were playing, like you're playing a rabbit folk. Mm -hmm. So I think this would be like normally a human world. But like since this island popped up, other stuff is popping up on the mainland, like rabbit folk and stuff. Mm -hmm. And like... Um, I know Kevin wants to play Goblin. Yeah, so like now like different races are starting to appear mm -hmm. i haven't really figured out how that's going to work yet if i go with this setting mm -hmm. um and I think then there's a lot you can do with that setting though and then i was thinking it would be at the point where they've set up a few port towns on this island so you guys aren't just going into like an empty beach mm -hmm. it would be like you go there and there's a scout or something that's like hey welcome guys like this this is the island you're going to be traveling with this person they're going to kind of show you around th these towns and then take you out into the jungle and then things go from there um but my one sort of hang up with this setting is that it sounds very similar to the setting that i'm running for my other group is that it's like a very well-off civilization that encounters a smaller darker more magically enriched setting and they're sending people there and they're not sending their best because they don't want to send their best because they might die mm -hmm. so they're sending like low-ranking people or even like criminals over to and and being like you'll be promised like a lot of gold if you if you come back and discover something mm -hmm. and so there is a lot of parallels there and I don't want to be like comparing the two all the time. So like yeah, I, I kind of want to just do something fresh. Do you yeah. Know? Even from your, your just quick description there, I definitely see the similarity Yeah. between those two. It's a cool setting, but I think that's a very fair point is like if you're, if you're running two different campaigns, you probably want to keep them a bit different. Yeah. To keep them separate and so that they're not, like, blending in your mind. Right. And, the like, the thing that I... Because I was trying to think of what I would be passionate about running. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, the thesis that I'm going to work on is exploration-based. And, like, going to new worlds and discovering them and taking them as your own. Whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. But I've already... I've been doing that for mm -hmm. years. So that I think scratches that itch and this like I don't want to keep going back to the same formula and reskinning it. Mm -hmm. So I think that you know it's it's a good start where like I've began begun the process of world building mm -hmm. and you know creating class dynamics and and stuff like that, but like maybe let's put that aside for now and see what else comes up. Yeah, it's kind of like you got a few post-its on the wall, and like but you can nothing... take them off, you can move them around, yeah. but it's but it's still, you know, mostly a yeah. blank wall. And like, of course I like that idea, because I've already done it. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but I think that's like kind of... But I, I feel like too, where with two different, two different groups and two separate campaigns, you can start with something similar and, and have it, it and have it turn totally unique. 
because no two people, whether they're playing the same right. campaign or not, are going to be making the same decisions all the time. No, that's true as well. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just, like in my mind, I don't know if I'll ever be able to fully separate mm-hmm. the two. Where I always just feel like I'll be, I'll have like imposter syndrome about my own stuff. Yeah, you almost feel like I'm plagiarizing myself. Exactly. Yeah. So I think I just want to be like. Yeah, that looks like it would be a lot of fun, but maybe let's table that mm-hmm. or just that's a good first draft. Let's see what else we got. Yeah, or what you can kind of inspire in yourself from this idea. Yeah. Yeah. I you know, I think that would be pretty accessible as well to everybody mm-hmm. is just the concept of like and a good there, way to introduce a lot of D&D. Yeah, it's like there's people. a mysterious island, go explore. Like Islands have always been a massive part of fiction. And exploration. Like, exploring yeah. the new world is such a huge draw to us as humans. Yeah, it really is. And I, know, and I know that's what your thesis is about. That's yeah. why you're doing it. Yeah, it's just like, what is it about going somewhere that is dangerous, unknown, um, that ins- like inspires generations and millennia of... And that's... And that's, like, you say that sentence there, something about going somewhere that's dangerous and unknown. And that encompasses so much of fantasy, but also of sci-fi. I th- right? Like, the whole thing is oh, it's yeah. just planets. But it's, it's the exact same it thing. Same. Let's go to this unknown, possibly dangerous place well, just with go our to the group moon. of, our group of little outcasts. And, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, this is, I don't know if this is a great comparison um but i think that it really you know in the news right now is a lot of stuff about the titanic yeah. uh, submarine and a lot of people are really ripping on these dudes and not really taking it seriously like it's mm-hmm. one of the most tragic ways to go and like would be my nightmare to be down in a submarine, first of all, like first and foremost, mm-hmm. down in a submarine. And then to have something go wrong, like to me, that is just anxiety cranked up to like a thousand. But there's some people out there that just have this urge to, ex- like everybody that was on that submarine considered them, except for the, the young one kid. Dude. Yeah, it considered themselves an explorer. Yeah. Right? They were all doing stuff like, like that. That was their passion. Yeah. Was to kind of put themselves in danger to see something cool that not a lot of other people had seen. And I think that speaks to that, especially when you have money and you can afford to do kind yeah. of luxury sightseeing trips like, like this one. That just shows you how drilled into human instinct it is to discover things yeah. and to see new things There's and no get re- new experiences. And that's the thing where we know it's there. We have like 3D images of what the Titanic mm-hmm. looks like. There's no reason to actually go there other There's than just see it there. yourself. Yeah. So there is something inherent in us that wants to go to dangerous places to see things that... But not everybody's going to same thing with Mount Everest, right? Yeah. People, people love going to Mount Everest to wait in line because they get to see something that not everybody will see. Yeah, and although they're, they're not um, lower class people going there either. Mm-hmm. You have to have a lot of money. You have to, to be, be able, able to pay for the guide, the trip, the... Yeah, yeah the training. Yeah. Like, you can't just go in... You can't just raw dog Everest. No. But I think now 
the difference is that if you want to be a quote-unquote explorer or a pioneer, you have to have resources. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas in the past, you the rich people were sending other people. Mm-hmm. You think about, you know, we watched a couple weeks ago movie night in the heart yeah. of the sea. Yeah. And that whole movie is, hey, we own the these whaling ships. We're sending all these, you know, rough and tumble guys. And one son of someone that yeah. kind of runs the industry and they automatically get to be the captain. Yeah. And hey, we want you to cover up this story because it's bad for business. And yeah. So it, it does show you that, that sway that the rich people have always had, but also their drive to have their name attached to exploring and have their name attached. Same with, you know, Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk and uh, the Virgin Virgin Galactic guy, Richard Branson. They're, they're all just... Sir using, Richard Branson. Sir Richard Branson, sorry. They're all using their, their resources to essentially do some crazy exploring and tourism. Yeah. Right? So it's it's something that it sits... I mean, even even the average person wants to go on trips. They want to travel. They want to, you know... Yeah, that's like the, the budget exploration. Mm-hmm. It's like I went to... Um, Europe. I went to South America. Yeah, I went, I went to, to Thailand. Caribbean. Yeah, exactly. It's seeing something that's totally foreign to you and giving yourself a new experience to kind of like get high on. Yeah, basically. <laughs> and then when you have hundreds of thousands of dollars or millions of yeah, dollars. Yeah, and you've already been everywhere on earth. Yeah, exactly. You just have to start reaching and reaching for even uh, more exclusive and more dangerous things, I think. Yeah. So, you know... Are there elements to what happened that are comical? The fact that they used a controller, like a Logitech controller. That possibly is now sitting at the bottom of the ocean. Yeah. Is that... Can I see comedy in that? Yes. Can I see comedy in five people being trapped underwater with death looming over them? And them having this like existential crisis, that's maybe not the funny part. (laughs) Because they were just doing, you know, what is encoded into all of us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Just the next step up. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's a very fair way to look at it, you know. Is it... Is the Blink-182 stepson aspect really funny? Yes. Yes. That's That's hilarious. Please, Tom DeLong. Like, yeah, I love you. Yeah. <laughs> Seeing Blink to console myself after the tragedy my family's experiencing. Yeah. It's an interesting coping mechanism. I think the funniest part is like all his other tweets where he's tweeting at like OnlyFans <laughs> girls and stuff and them replying back and being like, this was just like a photo I took with this dude. I have no idea who he is. I do not condone the stuff he's done. He's like banned from a lot of venues and stuff. Like he's a not a good person. Ugh. So yeah, there's some aspects of something that can be really funny and some that aren't the laughing matter. Yeah, no, I think you got to kind of pick and choose your mm-hmm. jokes when it comes to it. Mm-hmm. Um, Blink-182 submarine stepson hilarious yeah the fact that that's like a comprehensible string of words yeah and we all know what i'm talking about (laughs) it's uh quite the world we're living in these days which is why it's so nice to to be able to play D &D and almost (laughs) escape (laughs) (laughs) yeah oh my god
Um, yeah, so I think I'm going to go back to the drawing board. I think I'm going to try to come up with something fresh. Maybe something like... I don't know, like more rooted in fantasy itself mm-hmm. where fantasy isn't the other that people are going to explore. Maybe you're more like immersed in it and grow up in it. And that's kind of what I'm trying to do with my campaign, right? Yeah. Have this established fantasy world that has existed and you find where your characters fit into that. Yeah. Instead of kind of doing it the other way around saying these are your characters, this is the world and this Go is the, into... like this is them being powerful. Yeah. So but it's... my yeah, I never really start on a big scale anyways. Mm-hmm. And the other side of that is that I honestly don't know how invested or regular this campaign is going to be. Mm-hmm. We might do three sessions and then it, you know, doesn't become a priority for everyone and then maybe i put in all this world building for for nothing yeah and i think a really important part that i find almost takes the load off of you as a dm or helps take a little bit of the load off you is like you have to have an idea for a campaign that you think is really good and you get really excited yeah because if you're not excited about it i don't know how you expect your players to get excited about it no but and i think that's you know, that's one of, another one of my favorite things about DM is I had the idea for this world. I did a bunch of world building, and I was so excited. Yeah, you say you just, like, stare at your map I sometimes. Do, all the time. I lay down in, in bed and just look at my map and think about what's been going on with you and what's been going on with everyone else on the continent. And yeah. Yeah, I, I love losing myself in, in a little bit of D&D world building. So I think that's something... That makes it easier, and when you really like the idea of your campaign, you get familiar with it because you're you're always kind thinking of, about it exactly. So it's a lot easier to make a quick twist or pull something out of your your ass than it is if you're just kind of humming and hawing over some half baked idea you came up with. And I'm not saying that I think no. you're gonna ever come up with a half baked idea or try and DM something that you you hate and you're yeah. not passionate about. I think that's just in general like a good a good thing to keep in mind as as a DM. It's, yeah. That was the place I started in. It's mm-hmm. like what am I actually going to get invested in? Mm-hmm. And then I was like, "Oh, well, I did that." So, you know, what what else do I like? Mm-hmm. Jeez, I don't know. Um making beds. Yeah, making beds, cleaning <laughs> sweeping floors. Not my own. No. No. No, it's carpet. You can't even sweep. I vacuumed today and I swept today. Oh, you can tell. It looks nice. I almost said it looks kind of cleaner. Yeah, Lexi comes back tomorrow, so. True. I'm thinking about busting my vacuum out sometime here soon. I gotta yeah. St- I gotta stop it and pick up a part of it at my parents' My vacuum house. is busted, though. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. Whenever you take out the little hose thing that used to, like, suck things up, mm-hmm. it shoots a bunch of dust out of the part that you put it in. Because I tried to suck up a bee the other day, and I was on FaceTime with Lexi, and she's been telling me how the vacuum's broken, and I was like, well, like, mm. can't Pro- be that broken. Yeah, and then I took it out, and it just poof, went everywhere, and I was like, what the fuck? She's like, I told you! <laughs> I was like, yeah, no, now I just, not only is there a wasp in my house, but also I have to clean up a mess. Yeah. A bunch of dust, too. That's not good for you. You'd be Mr. Sneezy. Yeah. Ooh, don't get me started. <laughs> is the season yeah so they say yeah but anyways (laughs) for like maybe more ideas i don't know 
it, it's it's kind of tough to say. I think I don't really love to start with a very generic thing and then mm. figure it out along the way. I kind of like to know what the theme of the campaign is going to be. Like mm. I've like the high school campaign that we did. It's like it's called the high school campaign because that was the inception of it. That's what it was the whole time. Mm-hmm. There is a solid theme there. Mm-hmm. There's archetypes that we're pulling from. There's tropes that we're pulling from which I think helps me a lot because I pull from my experiences and then it helps the players too because they see what I'm providing and then they have the experience to yeah. reciprocate. And even even just place themselves in someone else's shoes, you know, oh, what was that captain of the, the football team like right. when I was back in high school? Because yeah. I'm going to try and embody him. Yeah. So, I don't know. It is kind of nice to have a bit of familiarity, like doing something like a high school campaign. Yeah, where it's something that everybody knows about. Yeah, it's hard not to like have a bit of experience. <laughs> There's like a homeschool kid at your table. It's like, well, when I was growing up, we just... <laughs> I want to hug my teacher before I leave <laughs> class. It's like, no, this teacher's not your mom. <laughs> Teacher, you like, didn't cut the crusts off my sandwiches the way I like it. Like, oh my god, did you ever accidentally call your teacher mom? Yeah, all the time. <laughs> what was I supposed to call her? The worst part is when they sent me to principal dad. His dad. <laughs> gave me the ruler. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. I think, you know, I'll have to think about it a little bit. I do want to get the ball rolling, though. I think maybe... Mm-hmm this week sometime maybe i don't know a good session zero is always a nice you know not a lot of stress a good way to kind of get everybody on the same page yeah and once we like i think um getting everyone in the same room without forcing them to role play with Mm -hmm. each other for the first time like we're always gonna hang out we'll probably just fuck around for an hour and then after an hour i'll be like okay guys let's like you know this Mm -hmm. is my ideas let me know what you think and then for the last hour we'll just hang out again and it's nice too because playing with a couple of of you know relatively new to D &D people it gives like a session zero gives you an opportunity and the other players an opportunity to help them answer some of the questions yeah hey i was building a character i didn't know if I should do an ability score increase yeah, or a feat, I didn't know what that meant. Yeah. Oh, well. Don't, like, like, just like, don't worry about it. This yeah. is not important right now. D&D is one of those games that I think can be, you know, as simple as you're, you're trying to make it or as complicated as you're trying right. to make it. Which I think is a interesting mix when you have two people who are coming in fresh and three people who are pretty seasoned in mm-hmm. it. Espe- like... I would assume that Kevin's build is going to be pretty min-maxed. Mm-hmm. And knowing Kevin, as someone who's playing at the same table as his girlfriend, I think he's going to try to like flex those D&D muscles a bit and yeah. just be like, look how much damage I can do. Because I'm the same person. <laughs> I, <laughs> I get where he's coming from. I think he's going to do that. I think I would do the same thing. Yeah, I can't wait to do the most damage in a turn. I'll be like... Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Look, look yeah. at your boyfriends. Look back at me. Yeah, babe. I just grit. <laughs> how many? Uh, how many dice did I just roll there? Oh, more than Kevin has yet. <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> you should just outdo Kevin. That's just, just 
Hey, Kevin, uh, I think my dice bag's a little heavier than yours. <laughs> Girlfriends love that shit. <laughs> Girl- Girlfriends love seeing their boyfriend emasculated. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, anytime like Lexi and I and one other person are hanging out, mostly I, me. Yeah, <laughs> not as much you because I feel like you don't rip on me that much. But like, if it was Kevin or the, I have a couple other friends in mind, then it's just like, oh, let's <laughs> let's make fun of Theo. <laughs> it's bully Theo day at Brett's house. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like I went to Brett's house maybe four or five weeks ago you guys remember brett from like the 12 episode stint that he went on like what you're on right now is nothing (laughs) i'm getting there i'm working my way up yeah um but i went to brett's house and we were playing 2k and lexi was actively rooting against me and his and brett's girlfriend was actively rooting against him (laughs) that would create an interesting dynamic yeah (laughs) <laughs> or like maybe even a couple of weeks ago my other friend dave was over we were playing nhl and he was kicking my ass and lexi was having a field day <laughs> and like but i don't know anyways it was a lot of fun and i liked i like to lean into the not victim but like the you can take it yeah i like <laughs> being raz <laughs> it's my love language <laughs> I think that's just called the degradation. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) No? What do you mean? (laughs) At least you don't have a degradation kink water bottle like Kevin's praise kink water bottle. (laughs) Oh, big fella, you almost there. ADM, like, just getting started, big fella. (laughs) Oh, wow, that sure is a lot of water for such a little guy. It must be so heavy. (laughs) Mine would be, mine would be like 10 a.m. It's like, you're only here. (laughs) 4 p.m., bet you won't make it. 5 p.m., you know this is basically full, right? (laughs) Yeah. I can't even feel your lips. <laughs> Are you drinking yet? <laughs> uh, that would be... Uh, we should figure out how to make and sell water bottles on the internet. <laughs> that, I honestly don't know if I've ever seen that idea. That's... Maybe the best original idea is like the opposite of the praise kink water bottle where it's like halfway done. Halfway done. I don't think you'll Almost make it. Almost there. Yeah. Can you take any longer? Bet you, bet you won't. <laughs> oh, this is really good. <laughs> 8 a.m. Oh, it's you again. <laughs> You're still here? Here's it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Did you brush your teeth? Yeah. Yet? <laughs> <I> can... <laughs> Don't even think you about taking a sip until you shower. This stinky boy. <laughs> this is a good idea. I think there's a niche market for I that. think there's a big niche market for that. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin brings his water bottle. I just pull out this like even bigger one. 
<laughs> Whew, it's getting warm in here, isn't it? Yeah. Um, we're at 53-ish minutes. Let's take a quick break, and then we'll do fiction fixation. Unless we want to get real kooky and do a 20 questions, but those usually take a while. They do. They do. So maybe we'll do a fiction fixation. Well, we'll see. We'll, we'll, let, we'll let you have a quick word with Newsly. And, oh, uh, yeah. <clears throat> and then we'll see how we're feeling. We might, uh, you know, run the AC for four hours before we come back from the end of the ad break, but we'll be back. In a flash. Don't, don't you even worry. <laughs> what, you think I wouldn't be back? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you to Newsly for sponsoring this week's episode of Dungeon Master's Apprentice. Newsly is an audio app that you can get for your iOS and Android that picks up web articles about the most trending topics on the web at any given moment, and it will read you to them in a natural human voice. For the first time in the history of the internet, the web becomes listenable. Go ahead and browse articles from topics you choose, perhaps the latest D&D news, or um, you know, if, uh, if there's a new expansion pack coming out, mm-hmm. maybe uh, some new subclasses. Yeah, if you listen to the last episode, you know what we're talking about. Yeah, and uh, start enjoying. So stop scrolling and start listening. In addition, they have podcasts from over 40 countries, including our very own Dungeon Master's Apprentice. So download and use Newsly for free now, www.newsly.me, or uh, from the link that I'll put in the description, and use our new promo code, MASTER2021. It's a pretty dope code. Better than the last one. Hey, whoa. (laughs) (laughs) The last one was confusing. It's like, Dungeon, but the O is a zero, so make sure you get that. No, this one's just straight master 2021 and you'll get a one month free premium subscription. How's that sound? It sounds pretty good. Yeah, it does sound pretty good. Thanks, Newsly. Thanks, Newsly, for that uh, great, great sponsorship. Yeah, that um, ad's been going for a while. I think (laughs) there's a part in it where brett and i were talking and they're like yeah if you listen to last episode you know what we're talking about and it's been like over a year i don't know i i i do like the ad and i was like sounds pretty good doesn't it and brett's like yeah it does (laughs) it uh it's about soon enough for you to use your newsly money to go on a a big (laughs) exploration trip what newsly money (laughs) Well, uh, just the listeners need to actually go and yeah. subscribe to Newsly. <laughs> Strangle the mic. <laughs> Do you know how much uh, caviar and escargot we could be eating? Uh, bro, I could be at the, the fucking moon right now. <laughs> um, okay, fiction fixation, I think, right? Yeah. Okay. I'm cool. down to do a... F- it's been a while, I think, since we've done... A know. deep dive into fiction fiction yeah. instead of like, and we'll quickly sneak it in. And Skyrim. And Skyrim. <laughs> we're gonna go play Skyrim. We're gonna go... Um, Fire Emblem, like we were talking about. I haven't played since Monday. You were having a calm week. Yeah, Tuesday I felt a little burnt out from it. Wednesday was trivia. Thursday I was sick. I went to work, but I was sick. And then I came home and was like I'm going to throw on some Demon Slayer because I hadn't I started watching it in March. I'd watched like see, part of season 2 with Brett last summer when I had covid. <laughs> so I guess it's my sick show. 
but I watched like it out of context and he explained it to me and I was like, Oh, this is a sick show. And then, so I started again in March and now I'm where I finished it last night. I'm caught up to where I started watching it with Brett, Ah. but I want to rewatch that arc to Mm -hmm. have it within context. Mm -hmm. And it is a really good arc. Like they're on a train. That's probably why he showed it to you. Yeah. Well, he, he was just there. He was, he had a day off and I was sick. And so so he was just, he was just watching it. And that was when we were living together. Mm-hmm. And I had, like, this apartment isn't big enough for me to go somewhere else. No, especially when he had the bedroom yeah. and you had the living room. So I was like, well, I might as well watch this show. But it's, I liked it a lot. And I do have, like, some spoilers of what happened, but not bad enough that I don't want to watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Especially where it's just an arc, not like you watched the whole end of the show yeah no like season three just ended like a week or two ago mm-hmm. so you got lots ahead of you i still. do have lots to go um but i think like i watched quite a bit of it over the last couple of days like maybe like 15 episodes oh, this whoa. week 16 episodes potentially more but i've been grinding that i think like it's qu- quite silly like it has very serious moments and very silly moments and like i don't know if the silly moments are exactly my cup of tea but i think it's also not like a kid's show but maybe targeted towards like the age of the main characters so like yeah 16 17 18 so like i do get where they're coming from it's not like out of pocket for them to be making jokes like that and stuff but sometimes I'm just like, okay, like, mm-hmm. th- that's not why I'm watching the show. But the animation style does go crazy. Cool. The, f- the fight scenes are really cool. Um, so I am enjoying, like, I wouldn't be watching it if I wasn't enjoying mm-hmm. it. It's not like one of those shows I feel obligated to watch. Um, so that's been what I've been doing the last couple of days. La- like, last night, I think I was up till, like, mm, 12 30 or 1 before i stopped watching and then i had some other stuff to do before bed but i was tired this morning yeah i was definitely also tired this morning but like with (laughs) with lexi being gone it's finally my time to just like last night i think i started watching at like six or seven and then that was just what i did for the Mm -hmm. rest of the night and it's good to just like settle in like get into a show like have a have a night just all you're doing is watching tv Mm -hmm pause the episode to go make some food come back eat the food while you're watching i live that life yeah (laughs) i want what you have (laughs) um no i guess my most recent would be demon slayer um and then fire emblem which i think i have maybe 12 hours in over like four sittings yeah you've been playing quite like a decent chunk anytime you've been playing yeah, and then before that it was Breath of the or not Breath of the Wild, Tears of the Kingdom, which now I think I'm getting to the point where I could go back into it and mm-hmm. be refreshed. Like I just needed a break. Um, I don't want to sell spread myself crazy thin, especially when we have so much stuff going on during the week. Like True. we have trivia Wednesdays, Saturdays are uh, movie night, Sunday basically all day is D and D. I have my other group that we squeeze in sometimes. We have this other other group that we're gonna start doing mm-hmm. soon. So the time I have to like sit down and play something for multiple hours is dwindling. Mm-hmm. I also like try to play a decent bit of Unite. I have like a couple other games that I want to try to get to play. Like I still haven't 
got close to beating Sonic. I want to play Dragon Quest, um, which is like a turn-based JRPG. Similar to Fire Emblem? It's not like that grid style. Okay. I feel like it's kind of more like Pokemon. Okay. Um, but yeah, that's another game that my buddy Andrew gave me that, um, that I want to get into. Um, so yeah, there's a, there's a lot on my plate and not a crazy amount of time. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's just like, I think that's part of becoming like a, an adult and a busier person. Yeah. Like that, it becomes one of the things that like has to take a backseat. Yeah, and even for me, it's the same thing. Video games start to take a backseat because I have so much other stuff I have to do. Like, there are days, Sunday mornings where I'm like, oh man, I just kind of want to rot today, but like, I got the okay. boys coming over in 25 minutes. And yeah. We're going to get some dice rolling. Like, it's, it's always it, fun. Yeah, it's nothing to complain about. No, but. but it's just sometimes, you know, you have a day and you're like, oh, I wish I was doing nothing today. <laughs> Yeah, just put 12 hours into a game. Yeah. But, um, I, like, I would say that ever since I got into a relationship, that time has dwindled a little bit. Not to say that, like, when we, when Lexi and I first started dating, I was unemployed mm -hmm. and she was employed. So I had the whole day to, to get that stuff out of the way oh, and then yeah. she would come home and then we would do, uh, whatever. But now when I'm working and then I come home and then she's like, what are we doing? I'm like, well, um, I guess we got to do something mm -hmm. like, not that we have to, but like that, that's another thing that it's nice to. Yeah. Yeah. It's I, another good it's a thing way that I to get spend to, your It's time. a thing that I get to do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's nice. But you know, your time gets blocked off mm -hmm. and all of a sudden like this game that I was really invested in, I haven't played since Monday and it's Saturday. And, and I'm not going to play tomorrow, and I might not play Monday. So, like, mm -hmm. but then I know once I get back into it, I'll play it for a crazy amount of time. Mm -hmm. um, so I've got a lot of fiction fixations. My, Most of them are video games, so then you have a little bit of anime sprinkled in. A little anime sprinkled in, and I think this one's kind of overdue, but um, Blink-182 has been a huge one since, like, <laughs> December <laughs> where I first started like dabbling like I started with the essentials playlist mm -hmm. where it's just like a hand-picked like all the hits mm -hmm. and then since then I've been going through certain albums and then listening to them till I'm very familiar and then I'll go to the next one mm -hmm. and start to like and usually it goes like I'll find like three or four songs that I really like and then they and then I'm like oh this song is really good and or I'll be like, I don't really like this song. And then in two months, I find myself going back and replaying the song that I didn't yeah. like. Like, I the mean, the the one that I would skip every time is now, like, the one I'm going to to, like, start my... Yeah, you and I had that very similar kind of thing Steely with Dan. Steely Dan for a while. Where it's like, I don't know, I find listening to someone's entire album and, like, getting familiar with it and then going and seeing something a... else, you can really tell, like where the band was at what's going yeah, on yeah i've been doing why. a lot of reading up on them too mm -hmm. where like doing wiki dives and stuff and being like between this album they had these members in it and then they broke up and mm -hmm. then they created this side project i'm like oh I'll go check out the side project mm -hmm. so then i've been like i'm at the point where i'm listening to like boxcar racer and like plus 44 and stuff which is like 
the the side projects that they did so like travis barker's side projects <laughs> he's involved in all of their side projects is just like the drummer he's just like yeah i'll drum for you um it's tom and mark that need time apart from each other <laughs> yeah and tom had like a really bad back injury and then he got addicted to like painkillers and that like is a whole different thing mm-hmm. um someone wanted like time with their family so they quit the like and you were a big blink fan before you started doing, doing like, a, a deep, deep dive right? yeah i was like a pretty casual fan where i was like yeah like i i like some of their stuff like a, you know but you know somebody who knew more than all the small things yeah <laughs> and so now i'm like you know pretty deep into it um i've been listening to this stuff that's like before their first like they have a demo tape on Apple Music, and then I've been listening to the stuff before that. Whoa! And it's like, like recorded in like '93 or '92 or something, and it sounds like a bunch of like early twenty somethings or like eighteen, nineteen. Like I think their drummer when they first started was like fifteen years old. <laughs> like he was young as fuck. He was like fifteen, and that's what it sounds like. Yeah. But it's like. It's raw, it's gritty. That's, like, the kind of stuff that I maybe like more than the more polished Mm -hmm. stuff is, like, just seeing a bunch of dudes who decide to start a band and, like, literally a garage band. Mm -hmm. Even there was one night we found, stumbled upon, like, some early Steely Dan, Mm. and you're like, man, does Donald ever sound pitchy back then yeah i do remember like he doesn't quite know how to work his voice yet yeah which is kind of what i like it's like looking at what they were Mm -hmm. and then being like okay but this is what they became and now it makes you appreciate it a little bit more Mm -hmm. like the hustle Mm -hmm. it's not easy to be a musician that's for sure no and it also like it, it gives you a bit of appreciation as a writer too because, like, songs are not easy to write. No. Um, Especially a good song. Yeah, and they've got <laughs> they've got a lot of good songs. They're pretty lyric forward, I'd Shit, say. Shit, cocks. <laughs> <laughs> they do have that, but then they have stuff like I Miss You, where it's like, <laughs> like why am I crying at Patty's right now? <laughs> <laughs> Mac, Mac, change it, Mac, change it. No. <laughs> um... But yeah, I've been starting to listen to their newer stuff lately. Like I, I started at the start and have been going through, and now I'm at the point where Tom DeLonge left the band, mm. and they had another dude join. His name is Matt Skiba. That's the album that came out in like 2016 or yeah. something, right? Yeah, I remember when that album came out, me and my buddy, he was a big Blink fan, and we were listening to a bunch of that album. And it's interesting seeing like Mark Hoppus taking that the full the front leading, man. leading man of Blink kind of role, and you can see how different their music is on that album compared yeah. to some of the early stuff. And then by the end, they completely abandon their like comedy yeah. aspect, and it becomes more like well, not completely, but like but definitely gets more serious and like more emotional. Yeah. Um, like, I don't know, the one that, that comes right back to my mind is, uh, like, San Diego. Oh, is that on? It's on that album. Yeah, I just started listening to that one yesterday. Yeah. 
is what the first time I started listening to it. And so now I'm at the point where I'm like picking out one or two songs that mm-hmm. I like and then the rest will like as I just go through it I'll be like, "Oh, this one's pretty good." Um but yeah, that is like I don't listen to anything else at the, <laughs> which is like I don't think it's a bad thing, you know. Do do what you like to do, but Yeah. And then eventually I'll I'll find some other artist or something. You know, it's a cool way to do it. Get really familiar with an artist. Get to know. It's them, like what we do. Like we didn't. I would say I'm more familiar with Blink than I am with Steely Dan. Mm-hmm. Not to say that I'm not familiar with Steely. Like neither of us are familiar with Steely Dan, but I think we listened to like the four essential albums. And we. Like, we'd touch on, listen to, you know, this one here, this one Yeah, there. we threw on Pretzel Logic the other day, and that was a journey. But there's a lot of songs where I was like, I don't know any of the lyrics. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's been my musical fixation. Before I get into mine, you were talking about Demon Slayer, and it reminded me that Kevin was saying he, he thinks he's going to put some kind of anime movie into the hat oh yeah i would think i was talking to maybe you about it one time saying that that would be really cool mm-hmm. or maybe like a studio ghibli or something. yeah he was talking he said there's one that him and i watched together way back and it's so good but it's such like a like i don't know a sappy little like movie that gets your feelings going and then he's like, and then there's this other one that I haven't seen, but it's supposed to be the best anime movie of all time. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I don't know what one I'll put in. But I was like, that's kind of interesting, because no one's really put in, like, full anime. You put in the, the Pokemon movie. What, but I mean, that is anime. But that's not, like, I don't know, it doesn't feel quite the no. same. Like, it's very Western anime. Yeah, which, I think it's, mo- well, Especially I think you're right. Movie. I mean, Pokemon is... Like, if you were to watch the original movie, mm-hmm. it would be in Japanese, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, or, like, when you're watching the anime on TV, like, the season one or whatever, that's not, like, the original. Mm-hmm. I think even recently I've seen Twitter clips and stuff like that of Pokemon anime, and I'll watch the clips in Japanese, and the voice actors go crazy for that kind of stuff. Like, it make, it really dials up the intensity. So I was like, maybe I should watch Pokemon in Japanese. It would be kind of crazy. Um, I don't hate the idea of someone suggesting a movie in a different language, though. No, we watched Seven Samurai, and that was fully in Japanese. Yeah. We watched Triple R, and that was in, oh, I don't know, so, Hindi or something. Like, yeah. It was in some kind of dialect that's spoken in India. Yeah. Like, And that was that was probably my favorite movie of so, movie night yet. Yeah. That one was, that one was unbelievable. It's just so like campy and high production i was sick for that one surprise surprise yeah you gotta you gotta take four hours and watch that someday i've got a couple things i have to do and the i think the last thing on my (laughs) list is to watch triple r (laughs) yeah i before that i have to watch like lord of the rings yeah that's fair I need to set aside a day for that. I'll join you, because that's a fun little trip to take. Um, I don't know, last night I put on an episode of Deadliest Catch. I haven't oh. seen that show in forever. But I was going to bed, I was like, I don't know, what's something I can throw on? 
Yeah, I watched it. Ended up staying up and watching most of oh, the Oh, you know what's a crazy show? This River Monsters. Yeah. <laughs> that... River Monsters is sick. I love that show. River Monsters ended because Jeremy he caught Wade everything. was just like, yeah, I, I either looked for or caught everything. Yeah. There are no other River Monsters out there. Yeah, some of the stuff he catches is just massive. Yeah. Like... That's a good fucking show. Yeah, a really good show. With a good payoff most of the time. Yeah. He's got, like, he does his own voiceovers and stuff, mm-hmm. and that's all really good. Like, he's pretty charismatic. He's seen, like, whenever he goes somewhere, he's pretty respectful of the mm-hmm. locations and stuff, and he'll take, like, a guide out with him and and let them do their thing, and he does his thing. And Yeah, it's a pretty cool show. Yeah. Um, yesterday I watched a bunch of episodes of Naked and Afraid, Last One Standing. Mm. They've they've made like a competition show of Naked and Afraid now. It's like Survivor? Very much. But like they're actually surviving. Oh, they're yeah. not living in luxury like all those people over in Fiji. <laughs> they're like being forced to move around the African wilderness. They're not getting any food from production. Like we watched, I don't know, from episode two to episode six. You're like noticeably seeing all these people get skinnier. Do you know and like lazier? Do you know Survivor Man? Yes, Les Stroud. Yeah, Les Stroud. There was one Not like personal. I watched. I watched a crazy amount of that show growing up. Like, if I saw that was on, I was putting it on. Mm-hmm. It's a really cool show. He's yeah. a cool guy. He's a smart guy. There was one episode that I watched where he actually gave up. He was like, "I can't do this." Whoa. He was in. I think he was in a desert or something. Whoa. And the last shot is him just like walking off into, he's like, I know there's a helicopter over here that if I need to, I can take it. And then the last scene is just like him walking off towards it. And he's like, I couldn't do it. Like, cause he has a week, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. By like day four or five, he gave up. Naked and afraid. They're doing, uh, 45 days of the competition. Um, and I think we watched up to just under day 30. Like, they mm. still had another two weeks left. And they're, like, they're dehydrated and malnourished. That'd be so crazy just to be like... Bare feet in Africa. Like, yeah, you know Paul from uh, Marketing? He's on Naked and Afraid. Yeah. And he's been gone for months. <laughs> that, like, that would actually be whack show to be on. Yeah. That's a real test of... Of your skills. Like, if you, if you just took the average person out, stripped them of their clothes, and said, okay, I'll be back in 21 days, which is what, like, just regular naked and afraid is, three weeks. Yeah. They're dead. Like, they're just, they dehydrate, or yeah, I don't they know get how themselves it, sick. No one's actually or, died on that show, right? No, because they medically evacuate people when they start seeing the, the signs of, like, bad dehydration and stuff. Yeah, or if someone, like, gets bit by a snake. <laughs> yeah. But, like, I'm watching them, they're, they're killing... Uh, Puff Adder, which is a super venomous snake. They, uh, they went after vine snakes, which are extremely venomous, and there's no cure. So it's like, if one of these guys gets bit... Because they're hungry? Yeah. They're like, they're like, oh, that's protein up in the tree. They call meat protein. They're like, oh, that's protein. And it's two snakes up in a tree, and they're like, that snake will kill me if it bites me. But I'm and that it, hungry? Yeah, and they, one of them even says, you know what the advice is if this type of snake bites you? Go find a nice tree and sit down in front of it and wait to die. Because it causes total organ failure in like five minutes. That's so crazy. And they're and they're there, like 
Buddy hits it with an arrow and kills one of them. And the other guy just throws a stick at it. And do then they Buddy get, runs up. Do starts, they give them arrows or what? They they So this one has challenges. Oh, they, so they can like, get they stuff. They can find stuff. And, but it's a competition, so like people are competing to try and find it. Mm. And there was this one guy right off the bat was like, I'm finding everything. Sounds like Hunger Games. It, it, it's like Hunger Games and Survivor with no clothes. Yeah. It's, it's been, it was pretty wild to watch. Molly was watching it, and I was like, oh yeah, I'll watch that with you. Um, but I'm going to have to say my actual fiction fixation right now is probably No Man's Sky. Yeah. Kevin and I got on that at the beginning of the week, and then my friend Molly came up on Wednesday, and she was here Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and left, I drove her home this morning, and I've just been itching <laughs> to play it, and she just wanted to watch movies and TV and stuff, and I'm like, oh yeah, I get that, some friendship time, but like, man, have I been itching to just be on Discord with Kevin playing No Man's Sky, like, scanning random little creatures and plants and stuff. Are you going to be doing that after movie night? I think I might boot her up, probably. I've been having, you know, I've been, my hands are starting to shake a little bit. I yeah. feel like uh, like I need to get to the casino. Yeah, maybe I'll bring my Switch then. Why so not? I a little bit of, a little bit some... screen time for the kids. Yeah, maybe I'll play Tears of the Kingdom or something. I mean, that's the nice thing about the Switch, is any of the games you have for it, you can just boot up anywhere. Someone's getting rowdy outside. That's going to be me here in 25 minutes. It's raining, I think. Yeah, they were they were saying we it might break it. out we into thunder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, we need it. It's, it's good for the plants. Yeah. You know, we've been having a couple hot days lately. Yeah, watch everything just explode after <laughs> <laughs> I heard someone, I was walking around the other day, I was at the grocery store, and uh, and one of the guys, I think it's the guy that owns the, I know it's the guy that owns the grocery store, some customer comes in and he goes, oh, it's nice out there today, and the customer goes, yeah, this is why we shovel, and I thought that was hilarious, I've been telling everybody about that. <laughs> someone at work asked me, to, like, there's this one girl at work who will just ask um very unprompted questions like one time she was just like would would you eat like dra- uh or it's like do you think dragons can produce milk and if they would do you think we could make ice cream with it and what would it taste like um and like me and Brett were there and we were like you're talking to the right people about this but we're not going to talk to you about it <laughs> but today I walk in like 2 minutes before I'm supposed to clock out and she's like what's your favorite season and I was like, probably fall. And she's like, why? And I was like, I just think it's the lesser of all evils. <laughs> it's like winter, like you can pretend that's your favorite season, but when you're in it, you're, gonna you're, complain. you're kidding yourself. Yeah. Um, spring and summer, allergies. Fall. Less allergies. Less allergies. So yeah, I guess fall then. Yeah, and fall's nice where like you're not sweating all the time. Like today, man, I was dripping in sweat at work. I'm also a big fall fashion dude. Uh, that's where all my fits come that's, out. That's yeah. Fair. Yeah, wear your pants. Like I like wearing pants a lot more than shorts. No, if shorts I'm going, guy. if I'm going out, like around the house, shorts, shorts. guy going out. I find I love good shorts and like bowling shirt <laughs> okay charlie sheen yeah that's my that's my fashion inspo outfit, outfit of the day charlie was sheen charlie for two sheen. and a half men yeah that was my fiction fixation for during the pandemic 
<laughs> me and my buddy Andrew would all we would do like want to watch two and a half men and I would walk over to his house he was like the one friend I hung out with and then we would just like get pizza and drink beer and watch two and a half men because that was all you could do yeah. it's like literally all you could do the boys just hanging out yeah I remember those days I wasn't watching two and a half men though was that's not a bad idea. That's got a catchy theme song. Men, 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 men. <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, you love it or you hate it. Yeah, I feel like it's one of those shows. I like it. I love seeing. It's a guy just goofy. Get like, to his brother. People. <laughs> let me go on a tangent here. <laughs> I think people take it too seriously when they sit down to watch it and there's like, oh, this is a bad show. Like the the writing sucks. This guy's a sexist. Like, for, yeah, you're right. But, but that's where part of the comedy is coming from. You're la- most of it is that you're laughing at it. Yeah. You're not laughing with it. The, yeah. Every once in a while they actually hit you with a good joke and that's what catches you off guard and is what's actually funny. But most of the time you're like, can't believe Charlie Sheen said that in 2007. <laughs> Like I can't believe the nerdy brother just got that girl. Yeah. And I can't wait till she like splashes water on his face. Leaves. Yeah. It's always man. He's just getting like the hottest women, and they're always telling him to fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> That's like the Netflix synopsis. <laughs> yeah. Guy, nerdy brother brings hot girl home. Cool brother fucks her instead. Yeah. <laughs> also, Melanie, what, whatever. Her last name is is on that. She plays like the really clingy girl who's like always hanging out on their balcony. Mm-hmm. And since then, she's been she's been on a lot of stuff. But she was she's like the main character on Yellow Jackets, mm-hmm. and she was in Last of Us. Okay. And every time I see her, I'm like, that's that girl from Two and a Half Men. <laughs> like I can't like she got typecast <laughs> on Two and a Half Men, which is crazy. Oh shit, it's coming down out there. That's gonna feel nice actually though. Yeah, it is. The humidity breaking. Oh, it was gross today. It was gross today. Is your phone vibrating? No, that's somebody playing music. Oh, the boys are there though. A new device. Kevin Schofield832 has joined your internet. (laughs) Kevin and Andrew have officially connected to my internet. 15 minutes ago. Can you cancel it? Yeah, I I can kick one of them from the internet. Yo, you know who you have to do. Yeah. Sorry, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we said we would be there in maybe an hour. And, and that, that was, was like an hour gen- and a half ago. Was it? I don't know, probably. Around then. Um, That was at... Oh, I can't see on here. Uh, That was at... Mike and I were doing it at 7.33. So that was an hour and ten minutes ago. Okay. Okay, well, we best... We best be hitting the not-so-dusty trails now that it's raining. Yeah, the muddy trails. Though, I hope we don't get stuck. Um, we got a good set of oxen out there, though, so we should be set. Uh, Mike, thanks for coming. Thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure. I'm always uh, I'm always happy to be uh, be a feature. Yeah, we did, we did like some Pitbull. good... <laughs> Dale! <laughs> and I'm like what, like Martin Garrix or something? Yeah, yeah. You you, you got DJ energy. Thank you. I think <laughs> Steve Aoki. Like, when how he... is this his song? He doesn't even sing on it. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
That's one of the uh, the trademark Mike and Theo like in sync cackles that we get every yeah. once in a while. You can oh my god, look at that. Like they just overlap. <laughs> yeah. I the real quick. I was listening back to a couple of these old episodes today because I knew we were recording one and I kind of wanted to go down memory lane. Um, and I've noticed about my, this about myself in general, but a lot of stuff about me changes depending who I'm hanging out with. And one of the big things is my laugh. Like when, <laughs> when Brett and I are doing an episode, it's very different than when you and I are doing an episode where, or if like me and someone else are doing an episode it's just very like adaptive i guess but it, i don't know it's just a fun time capsule and an interesting yeah it's always fun mm-hmm. when you start texting me because you're listening to old episodes and i'm like it's it's literally a screenshot of what's going on in your life at that time like, yeah it's a pretty cool way to bank like an hour of your life into yeah. into something that you can go back and revisit because that's like, that's one of those things I'm like, man, I wish I could just revisit this moment. The you crazy, can. You can do something, but, like, the I just one don't. That, the one that I listened to was the day after we I had played the first session with the Sunday group. Mm-hmm. And I was, like, I was playing with, like, four people. I have no idea who they are. And I was trying to get to know them and also play D&D with them. And I was like, yeah, these guys used to be strangers, like. Noah, Keegan, like, I didn't really know Kevin either. Mm-hmm. I didn't know Riley, so it was just you and Andrew. And I was like, I'm trying to navigate playing with these guys. And then now it's just like, yeah, no, like... You're just one of us. Like, it feels like... I don't know. I think about this pretty often. I've only known you for a year and a half at this point. Yeah. About, like, somewhere around there. And, like, I... It doesn't feel like that. Like, no. like I that don't was know. a weird thing to go back to like a year ago, and I had just started playing D and D with you guys. Mm-hmm. To be like, it feels like it's been longer, but at the same time, uh, like, I see how that works. But it was like August. It was like mid August. Yeah, it hasn't. It hasn't even been a year since you've been playing D and D with us. Yeah, it's been like ten months. Like, and and then there was only six months before that that you knew Andrew and I. Yeah, so... Like, we only started going to trivia regularly at the end of July. Yeah, the... Right? Uh, like, it was... Yeah, I listened to one with Brett and Neil and Luke, and Brett was talking about how he had never been to trivia. So, Neil we, we were talking about trivia, trivia a bit, guy. we were talking about King's Dilemma, which was a huge yeah. obsession that we began, and that was fun to just listen to us talk about it without knowing and, and it was a good bonding experience king's dilemma was like i think that's why we became such fast friends like you andrew and i was just also, because like because <laughs> we all smoked cigarettes yeah <laughs> so i'd be like outside on the porch and andrew's be like hey man can i have a cigarette and yeah, like, yeah i'd be out smoking dope and you guys would or you'd be like so you have a like, podcast right and... yeah so i've only listened to every episode of your podcast yeah. uh nice to finally meet you all right, the rain's breaking. We gotta go. Yeah, this is our this is our quick dash for it. All right, drive safe, Mike. Thank you. I hope I do too. Mm-hmm.